weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Amen. We'll have the, <clears throat> the notes there for you. Uh, I said <clears throat> earlier in the year, in January, I was like, I don't try to come up with a word for the year. You know, I don't want to be corny or <clears throat> anything like that. But I just said, Lord, really, the, it just came in my heart. And I said it, I think in January, I believe the word for this year is the word. Amen. The word's the word. And little did I know that in my own life, I would get an increased hunger and desire and delight in reading God's Word. I don't know if you felt that too, but I'm just like, wow, it's like sanity in the middle of the insanity around me. And I'm just, I'm just excited about it. Um, I've got uh, di- different things I've been on reading this year, but the Lord gave me a real interesting assignment, uh, Not an, but it's like a little track to run on. I probably won't finish it this year because of just how I like, find gold nuggets, but he, but he put on my heart to read every chapter four in the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and with a view toward looking at and discovering aspects of God's character in that chapter 4. In particular, his love, but then found other things. And he has not disappointed so far. I've been really loving this little journey I've been on. Well, a few months ago, when I got to Deuteronomy 4, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy 5, it was so full of cool stuff, but I, anybody ever like you, you mow, yard, mow a yard and you're mowing along? I used to mow a yard when I was younger, <laughs> but you mow in the yard and you get to thick grass and you're like, your lawnmower cuts out. You're like, ooh. Well, <laughs> verse 9 of Deuteronomy 4 did that for me. I was like, reading along, enjoying it, and then this thing just jumped out at me. It's what I've said before, the Logos, the Logos, the written word, becomes Rhema. And I mean, this thing jumped off the page and it has stayed in my heart for months now. And that's what the title of this message. Don't let the things you've seen where God moved in your life, Emily, don't let those things fade from your heart and don't forget them in your mind. It's like, wow. And, and so I'm going to talk about that today a little bit. I wasn't disappointed. Here it is, verse 9 says, De- Moses wrote Deuteronomy, by the way, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he's telling the people of Israel, do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. In particular, I said this phrase, this phrase, fade from your heart, stuck in me. Now, as I meditated on that, and it's really good to meditate on something, on a word. Meditate means, it's actually a little bit graphic. The word meditate is, is also the word that to describe a cow chewing his cud. 
and cows chew their cud and they chew it, the grass, and then they bring it back up and do it again. And all right, enough of that. But you chew on it. And I chewed on this and I, it didn't take that long, but I was like, Lord, what's the difference between letting something, forgetting something and letting it fade? And I realized it's really right there. There's a difference. One is in the mind and the other's in the heart. You can forget in your mind something that happened five years ago, but you can also let it fade from your heart. And I thought about these two movies. Interestingly enough, Jim Caviezel, the, the actors in both of them, Anybody seen the latest movie, Sound of Freedom? Yeah. All right, say amen if you heard that. Amen, all right. Sound of Freedom, uh, about the ending of human trafficking. Uh, I don't remember all the details of the characters in the movie. I don't remember which country, but I was impacted in that movie. My heart got impacted with a fresh, holy burden to see the ending of human trafficking, especially the children. Now, if I'm not careful, that impact in my heart can fade. I can go, you know, that was a really good movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just kind of talk about it like that instead of doing something about it today. I want to do things about ending human trafficking. Amen? I don't want you, oh, that was entertaining. No. We should probably have prayer meetings about ending human trafficking. We should investigate how we can give to it. We, there's a little QR code if you go to this website on how you can pay it forward to where someone can go watch the movie. Well, those are ways that we can keep it from fading from our heart. Same with the Passion of the Christ. Anybody saw Passion of the Christ years ago, right? Again, now that one is not that hard for me to forget the details because it's Bible all the way through, right? The scriptures of Jesus going to the cross and all that. So I, I, I don't really forget in my mind the Passion Week that Jesus went through. But I remember we went to we got tickets for the to watch that at the Alamo Draft House, and you know Alamo Draft House you can order pizza and salads and, and all that. So everybody's in there ordering all their sandwiches and salads and all that. The movie starts, and at the end of the movie, the lights come up. It's like nobody touched their food. It's like. There's like one bite of that pizza guy, you know. Why? Because people were so impacted by looking at the cross for two hours, by looking at the power of the blood for two hours. And I have to tell you this testimony. This really happened. We, we had to order our tickets weeks ahead of time, and I, got a, I knew I was having that really... I was kind of already in the stages of having a, a flu, flu-like symptoms, fever, shaky, but we went anyway. 
because we had the tickets. You couldn't, I didn't want to miss it. So the lights come up. We're walking out to the car, and I say, Honey, I think I'm healed. And I was healed. I didn't have any more symptoms. And then the Lord put it in my heart. Yeah, let's give the Lord, you know, because here's what happened. I was like, the Lord's like, yeah, Glenn, you looked at the cross for two hours. And you looked at the power of the blood. How many of you know the power of the blood of Jesus still heals? Today, it's not worn out. We continue. To see that. So I don't want the sound of freedom impact to fade from my heart. I don't want the passion of the Christ to fade from my heart. I don't want the things God's done in my life and in the people I love around me and the people I pray for over the years. I don't want that to fade from my heart or your heart. So my main point today is Moses in Deuteronomy 4, paragraph B, warns the people of God. Back then, and I believe today, that the fire of holy zeal that you once had for Jesus can fade if you don't be careful. He says there, be careful. He said, don't forget, you know, don't, don't let them fade. Be careful to not let these things you've seen fade from your heart or forget what you've seen. And so, this the, that's the truth. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 12, in the New Testament, he said, the love of many can grow cold. It's that fading again. The, the Greek word there, the love of many, is talking about many Christians. The, you know why I say that? Because the Greek word there in Matthew 24, 12, it's, um, it's agape of most will grow cold. That's in the end times before the Lord returns. Christians my age who used to really run hard for God, many of them, sadly, their love for Jesus is growing cold. It's fading. I've been a big fan of the last few years of the Tour de France. It's a 21-day bike race throughout the, the, the beautiful countryside of France, and uh, so I, I watch it because of, first of all, it's, it just inspires me because of their endurance, and then there's teamwork. There's actually teamwork in a bicycle race. These teams, they help each other, <clears throat> and then I also watch it because I, I love the French countryside. I've never been to France, so I sit in front of my big screen and go, oh, I'm in France, so... Oh. Look at those cows with long hair. I love that, you know. So I, I, I'm a big Tour de France fan. Anybody else a cycling fan or any? Okay, I'm all alone. Okay. Well, these two guys were neck and neck this year in the Tour de France, Tade Pogaccia and Jonas Vingigo. And there they are. Tade's on the left. Jonas is on the right. And they were neck and neck through 16 stages of this. It's a 21-day bike race. And stage 17 was a steep mountain stage. And Tade Pogaccia faded on that mountain stage. His legs went out. And by the end of that day, he wasn't just a few seconds within Jonas. He was six plus six 
plus minutes behind. And he lost it that day. I want to show a little video of an Australian bike race. You may not love bike riding after this, but anyway, I want to show this because before you show it, get ready to show that video. He's, he may be a little hard to understand. He's from Australia, but he's talking about a, well, it's, the, you know, through the speakers. The last 100 meters of this sprint stage, he says, these sprinters, they got to be careful because the last 100 meters is a real steep incline. And if they don't save their energy, they will, he literally says, they will fade. So let's go ahead and play that, because this is all... Now, so you come and stay there, and now the road ramps up. And our left-hand corner, about 200 meters, and it continues to climb. This is going to be dead legs. Come through that right-hand sweeper, and you see the red kite. One corner gets going here. At this point, this is where the leader bears role will be absolutely crucial. They want to take this through this, through this final corner, to the inside of the finish line. Now it's only with 150 meters to go. The riders will see the finish line and it's a slowly drag uphill all the way to the line. It's with around 100 meters to go. The road ramps up. Probably around five or six percent at this point to the line. Any sprinter that hits that too early is going to fade in the final 50 meters. This is going to be a cracking first spring stage. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know why I'm thanking the video, but in, in England they say cracking. That's a cracking finish. But sadly, I see many Christians fading in the last hundred meters of their Christian walk. And uh, it grieves me. And I think there's some things we can do about it. Uh, <clears throat> I know there are. I know there are. But Moses, paragraph C, he warns them, before you go into the promised land, verse 9 there, this thing that got me in Deuteronomy 4, be careful and watch yourselves closely so that it won't fade, the things you saw won't fade from your heart. <clears throat> That's how he starts the whole chapter of Deuteronomy 4. Deuteronomy 4, verse 1. It's in your notes under paragraph C. Now, Israel, hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Moses is saying we've got to guard our heart if we're going to be successful in the promised land. Proverbs 4.23 is very clear about it. It says, guard your heart, for out of it, everything you do in life flows out of your heart. So it's not up to fate. You don't have to fade in the last 100 meters. Some of you in this room and all that, you're on the first 100 meters. You don't have to fade, regardless of the people around you fading, regardless of our culture 
In fact, there's so much distraction in this culture right now with phones and TikTok and all that. Only God can take a distracted generation and set their hearts and say, I'm going for you all the way. It does, I don't, I'm not worried about all that that's out there. I know that God can do it with us. No matter what age we are. <clears throat> Romans 2, as I continued to meditate on this chapter, I began to recount in my own life things my own eyes have seen in the way of healings, deliverances, signs and wonders over the years. I've been a believer a long time. <laughs> and I remember, I remember a girl named Kim White's leg grow out three inches in front, of the, in front of the kids at the Christian school. Three inches. She had severe scoliosis. She comes back the next week with her x-ray of this. Her spine looked like an S. And then the new x-ray, it was straight. And the kids are like, and they even heard bones popping. Guess what? Those kids were not that hard to discipline in the Christian school after that. Seriously. Because they became obedient because God is real. I prayed for a girl who had a, a tennis ball-sized tumor on her spine, vomiting in a bucket. And an hour later, it went down to like a ping-pong ball. I don't know why it didn't all go, but she lived a lot longer than they, they gave her like three weeks to live. Those kind of things came back into my mind as I read this verse 9. Remember the things you see that you've seen so that your faith gets built up and your heart gets fired up. God will help us to remember these things. Paragraph A in <clears throat> under Roman numeral 2, I was both surprised at, and convicted at how many things I just kind of filed away and went, oh, you know, I, I never thought about them. <clears throat> and, then, and so I was convicted. But as I began to meditate on this, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit started bringing some of these things back up. So I went from being convicted that I was just, had just forgotten these things and let them fade to being encouraged because <clears throat> I began to see that the Holy Spirit will help you to pull up and bring to remembrance some of those supernatural things that have happened in the past. Now, anybody else have a Spotify playlist in their phone? You might raise your hand if you've got Spotify. Okay. I began to see it like this. See that little, okay, I found this. It's a Spotify playlist. It's Christian songs, so I'll come to the altar, you know. Okay, Miracles. Look at that song, Miracles by Jesus Culture. What? I'm, I'm actually contemplating doing it. I already set my phone a couple times a day to pray certain things. I may just set my phone at a certain time just to take some time and let the Holy Spirit bring to mind some past things where God broke in and did something 
that wasn't a coincidence. That it could have only been God because he can retrieve those is what I'm saying. It's like I really, really encourage you to memorize scripture. Because if you memorize certain Bible verses, what you're doing is you're building a database for the Holy Spirit to bring them back when you're praying for somebody or when there's a situation or someone calls. You're like you start opening your mouth, praying for them, and all of a sudden this verse comes up. And you've memorized it so you can declare it. I encourage you to do that. In fact, I want us to do that right now. I just kind of help shake you, shake it, shake it loose here. Would everybody? Would you just stand up for a minute and uh, just kind of close your eyes? If it helps, if it doesn't, that's fine. But I'm hoping to stir us to remember. Things that couldn't just be a coincidence. So I want to take a few seconds and uh, Holy Spirit just move in a, a way of helping us to remember something. Healing, a power encounter with money, a financial blessing. Some way in which you broke in. I'm just trusting now for you, for the Lord to do that. Thank you, Lord. Maybe two or three right now. Hang on to those right now. Let, let the memory of that build your faith. Let it... Maybe it's faded from your heart. You're like, oh, no, wait. You did that. Because it could be that you're, the very thing you're worried about right now in the future, God did it in the past. And if you, if you get something, just under your breath, just thank him for it. Thank him for what he did. Yeah. He's pulling up the Spotify playlist and putting it on shuffle. He's a good shuffler. He'll bring it up to you. Yeah. Now see if it's not linked up to something you're concerned about. You healed me back then. You can heal my family member. You provided back then. You can provide now. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to ask you to remind, I want to also go take it a step further. <clears throat> because this is the real, a real kicker with me. Ask him to remind you, to bring to your remembrance times where you felt his delight over you. You taught about that in Sunday school, right? His love for you. Times when he lifted up the light of his countenance upon you, and you felt it. You felt, God, you love me. You delight in me. 
ask the Lord to bring some of those to mind. Because those are some of the most powerful things. When you remember his delight over you, it's like a B12 shot of encouragement. To not quit fighting the fight of faith. Let's take a moment. I know this is kind of strange for some, but just take a moment. Thank you, Lord. When did I really feel your love for me? Thank you, Lord. Maybe it was sometime where you felt his delight when you were just waiting on his presence, waiting in his presence in the prayer room or in your prayer closet. Maybe you felt his delight when you were persevering through a trial or when you were enduring a mistreatment from someone and you didn't retaliate when you were being mistreated. And you're like, oh, I felt the Lord say, oh, Glenn, I delighted in that. That you didn't retaliate. Amen. Let those things Bring them back up, and, and when you think about them again, it will keep them from fading from, from, fading from your heart. Oh, amen. Hmm. Paragraph C in uh, chapter 4, Moses says, Remember, remember when God spoke to you. He said, Remember when God spoke to you out of the fire. There's a verse there. I didn't put it in these notes. I think I put it in your notes. Um, no, I didn't. I did? 2C? Yeah, 412. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the fire. I got a revelation this week about that. God spoke to them in Deuteronomy 4 out of the fire. And, and, he, and the, actually, it wasn't just Moses that heard the Ten Commandments. Moses is saying to the people, You heard his voice. They didn't make out what he said, but he was giving the Ten Commandments from the mountain. Now, I believe that's a principle, that God still speaks out of the fire. If we listen while we're in the fire, he can speak to us. Okay, and the Lord showed me three kinds of fire. There's the fire of trials, of course. We know the the fiery trials. When you're in a fiery trial, don't just, this is horrible. Listen. He may give you something really good. I was in a fiery trial in another city at another church, and it was bad. And one day, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to respond There's a scripture that says, let him who pray in an unknown tongue pray that he also interpret. Now, I don't usually do that, but I had this impression, just, it was in my morning prayer time, just pray in tongues and then wait for the interpretation. And when I did, here's what came back in English. You will be sent out with honor. Only walk in love and humility. And for months, I hung on to that. I was like, he spoke to me out of the fire. 
And for months, I just walked in love and humility. Walked in love and humility. Didn't throw spears back. Didn't retaliate. We were sent out with honor. And it was a real blessed time later. But I needed to hear God out of the fiery trial. Second fire is the fire of God's blessings. When you're in a, a hot conference, or you're in an amazing meeting, or you know, and you're like, wow, this is the fiery, this is amazing. Listen, because he a lot of times he'll give you really cool stuff, right? At a, at a conference or some meeting or at a Sunday service where there's a powerful anointing. So he'll speak out of fiery trials. He'll speak out of the fire of his blessing. And then third, he will speak out of the fire that's in his eyes for you. The fiery gaze of Re in Revelation, it says he has fire in his eyes where he loves you and you feel his love for you. And while you're in that time of being before the Lord, listen, that happened to me this, Friday, this past Friday. In this room, we had our noon to one prayer set, praying for Israel and, and Austin and Kyle and Marissa who were up here leading us. And man, it was really powerful. I felt the fire, God really delighting in me. And it was, it was a personal, where you, I'm talking about you feel personally that God's loving you. Okay. I'm not living for feelings. I'm just saying God created us with emotions, right? So he doesn't say, don't, oh, you can't be emotional. He created them. So when I had that impression Friday, about, at about 12.35 Friday, I just said, Lord, how, what, what, are you, what were your thoughts about me this week? Because I thought I really had a lousy week. Okay. It's like it wasn't really exciting. It was not really, I was like, so what do you think of me? And the Lord said, oh, Glenn. I delighted that you didn't go there. And that was very surprising. I was like, wait, you didn't delight in something I did. You delighted in something I didn't do. And I said, what do you mean didn't go there? You didn't go to a complaint. You didn't go into a fear. You didn't go into a despair. You didn't go into an impure thought. Oh, I delighted in that. Nobody else saw, nobody else knew, but because I was listening, he spoke to me out of the fire of his gaze of love for me. Amen. Praise God. Whew. I got fired up all over again. All right, we're going to land this plane here pretty quickly. Roman numeral uh, three. I see four reasons for not letting the things we've seen and heard fade from our hearts. Four reasons. We only really have time to get to the first one, but they're this. Don't let these things fade from your heart for your own protection. Second, for the people's sake around you. Third, for your children's sake who will come after you and your children's children. Fourth, for taking long-term possession of the promises. 
so that you walk in the land of God. You know, we are we don't go into a literal promised land, but now through a leader named Yeshua, named Jesus, we go into a land of promises. He provided a land of promises for us to take possession of the promises and keep possession of the promises. We need to not let the things we've seen and heard in the past fade from our heart. Well, I'll, I'll just end with this first one on protection. Remembering the things you, you've seen and heard serve as a sober warning. A sober warning to stay close to him. Look at verses 3 and 4. There, this is the, the passage that shows this. Remember, it was the things you've... Don't forget the things you've seen. Look at what he says. He says, You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Peor. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Peor. But all of you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. This sounds negative, but you look and you go, Wow! Remember, I saw the destruction that happened. And then what happens is you're like, I want to stay close to you, Lord. I want to stay close to you. Now, please understand here, there's nuances to this. This is containing a biblical principle. Not a hard and fast rule that you're never going to have bad things happen. But it's a biblical principle of protection for the righteous. Remember what you saw, what happened for those, to those who departed. It's not automatic. How many of you know bad things still happen to good people? Bad things still happen, but Jesus taught us to pray. In Matthew 6, he said, pray. I love how Suzanne break, broke down the actual language there. Lord, lead us out of unnecessary trials. Am I saying that right? Lead us out. We can, we pray, is that what it says? Lead us out of hard testing. Thank you. Or attack. Lead us out of hard attack. So, it doesn't mean there won't be attacks. And I'm not, you show, see what I'm saying? We've got to think about it and go, there's a principle here. Proverbs 18.10 tells us the same principle of protection for the righteous. It says, the name of the Lord's a strong tower. The righteous, the righteous run in and are safe. Galatians 6, verse 8, shows this same principle. So New Testament now, I put it in the Amplified. I don't know if y'all could pull that one up, but I put it in your notes. This is that protection for the righteous. This is where we're ending today. On This is why we don't want it to fade. For the one who sows to his flesh, his sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses, will reap from the flesh ruin and destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. Moses is saying, remember what you saw. Those who worshipped Baal, who departed from righteousness, they became vulnerable to destruction. 
Now, I thought about Baal worship. I thought, Lord, that doesn't seem very compelling to leave God Almighty and his Ten Commandments and all the things he's done to bow down to some golden calf. I was like, what's that about? Why? What? That doesn't seem very <laughs> attractive. Anybody think with me? Do you ever think like that? I'm like, why was Baal worship so attractive? It's just a golden calf, can't talk, can't do anything. You know what it was? They partied around that golden calf. That's why Baal worship was so attractive, because it was attractive to the fleshly impulses of the people. They had orgies. They had all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to say in this room, because I think I've got some younger people. They had all kinds of uncleanness, drunkenness. And then I thought about it. What does Baal worship look like? In 2023, there's no golden calf, but you can get on your phone, you can get on a website, and see pornography. That's Baal worship. You can go into drunkenness, you can have raves, you can do all kinds of things that, that go on in the world. You go down on 6th Street and do whatever, do all these, these kinds of things. Baal worship in 2023 involves those kinds of things. Fleshly appetites, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Baal worship in 2023 is setting up a pride display at Target. And I'm not even going to tell you what stuff was at Target in that pride display. Because I'm not going to say it. Because I don't want to. It's a shame to talk about some of those things. But it's targeted to children. Baal worship today is a drag queen story hour at a public library. Be careful. Woke church, you're vulnerable to destruction. I don't hear a lot of amens, but that's all right. <laughs> I need an Ashton amen. Where's Ashton? All right. Oh, you got my back. All right. They partied, and that's what happens with that. The only difference today is there's no calf. So I want to frame this warning again. I'm closing here, my third close. Warning, uh, again, from a New Testament lens, don't take this to mean that if I don't hold fast to the Lord, all of a sudden a trap door is going to open and a shark's tank's going to eat me up. You know, God is a merciful God. Let's return to the Lord. Worship team, if you can come up. There's mercy in God. So this, this New Testament lens of this is that if you're away from God today in an area, he's ready to forgive. He's ready. You know, it's not like, remember what happened? They didn't hold fast in this horrible 
where God is working with his people and every one of us today there's forgiveness if there's any area in your life that is I've been a, where you've not held where you've let go of those constraints and those restraints come back to him today don't mess around and see how far in sin you can go and exhaust the mercy of God and not have bad consequences you know I'd get that in Christian schools I was a Christian school Bible teacher and almost every year they say, Mr. Herbert, how much can I sin and get away with it and still get to heaven? How many years do I have where I can party and God will still let me in? That's the wrong question. It's not how much can I get away with sin, it's how much can I get away with Him. It's not how, how far can I go here and still be okay. It's how abandoned to God's love will he let me be and enjoy his beauty. We've all known tragic endings. But I want to encourage you with this closing thought. People that have had tragic endings in their life don't ever go there and point the finger saying well it must have been because they left God that's not our place to know that many have had tragic things and had nothing to do with leaving God Jesus even pointed that out in Luke 13. He said, those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell on and killed, do you suppose they were less righteous than you? I tell you, no. But as for you, make sure you're right with the kingdom of God. He said, but as for you, unless you repent, you too will perish. After Hurricane Katrina, just stand up if you would to your feet. Thank you for playing. I want you all just to play back. <clears throat> After Hurricane Katrina, uh, they they had Larry King had a talk show. He had an interview with Franklin Graham of Samaritan's Purse. And uh, I'm going to read some of the transcript of this because <clears throat> he quote Larry King quotes Franklin Graham. And then Franklin answers him. He says, I want to read you something you said, Franklin. You said this after Hurricane Katrina. There's been satanic worship in New Orleans. There's been sexual perversion. God is going to use that storm to bring a revival. God has a plan. God has a purpose. Sir, Larry King asked, what did you mean by that? I assume that many residents of New Orleans would take that as beyond insensitive. Graham said, no, I disagree with you. I think there are many residents of New Orleans who would agree with me. The Archbishop himself of New Orleans said on Sunday at the first Mass at the cathedral, there he prayed that a new makeup of New Orleans would be there would be a stronger moral fiber 
free from racial tension and also less rampant self-indulgence. And so he is praying for a city that has a stronger moral fiber. The churches that I have met with, the pastors down there, Franklin saying this, are praying that we will see a change in New Orleans in the years and months to come. Now New Orleans has been known, of course, as a party city for Mardi Gras, voodoo, all types of things like this, Bourbon Street. And as a minister of the gospel, there are a lot of people in New Orleans that are praying that God will bring a stronger moral fiber to this city than this city has ever had before. Larry King said, when you use those words, though, sort of like God has a plan, God has a purpose, I don't assume you're trying to say that this storm happened and hit New Orleans because of any activity of its people. Graham said, no, I certainly don't. So he wasn't pulling the finger and saying, because of your ungodliness, it happened. He said, I would never say that this is God's judgment on New Orleans or any other place. In the scripture, Jesus mentioned some men that were killed in Jerusalem when the tower fell. And he asked the question, do you suppose they were worse sinners? This was on national TV, so he's preaching the gospel. Do you suppose they were worse sinners than all others in Jerusalem because they died this way? And he said, no. He said, but unless you repent, you too will perish. And I believe God has a plan and a purpose for everything in life. And sometimes there are storms in life, and we have to look beyond those storms and just trust God that God will use this storm in a way that will benefit the people of New Orleans and the people of Louisiana and Mississippi in a much stronger way in the years to come. He says a lot more, but I make that point that when bad things happen in our own life, we can look at those things, not point a finger, but say, Lord, of living with you. I don't want to leave. I don't want to fall off the top of the mountain and, and fall to destruction. So if there's something in, our, in your life, in my life, that, is, that needs to be dealt with, I encourage you to return to the Lord. Return all the way to Him. I want to give us a minute of for you all to sing and just let the Lord deal with any area of your life that you need to lay down. And then after this, I want to pray for us as a prayer of dismissal. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.